is when you win more than you lose in life, you don't appreciate winning and you don't respect losing. Right? And that's a, that's a hard thing and that's what we've done to, to society. Dakota, welcome to the podcast. Really honored and grateful for you to be here. Yeah, and glad to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, nice setup, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited to dive into you, your journey here today. And I really admire the way you've carried yourself in life. So, well, I haven't always done it good, but, you know, I've, uh, <laughs> you know, like you said, like, you know, the equation's there, right? Like, uh, I think at this point, we're kind of in a unique um, world, right? Um, there's, there's really not anything like, like our generation, there's really not any pioneers anymore. Right. I mean, I'm not saying pioneers, but like, it's like you said, like majority of the things that we're doing, like somebody's already done. It's just a matter of, are we going to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I want to dive into that, but before we do, I'd love to start with Tinkerbell. Yeah. Yeah. Who was Tinkerbell? Man, you know, it's funny you talk about this. That Tinkerbell hadn't been brought up since this morning. Um, I was working out this morning, and one of my buddies, uh, just a great friend, we were working out, and he brought up, you know, talking about Tinkerbell and just how he listened to my podcast and, and, and you know, read my book and, and the connection, you know. And uh, Tinkerbell was a cow that I had. I, I grew up in a farm in, in Columbia, Kentucky, a uh, small town, um, you know, I was, you know, middle-class family. Um, you know, with my dad and, uh, we lived on a farm. I mean, it was a farm that was homesteaded, um, and been in our family for a long time. And, and, um, we, uh, I, I wanted to show cows. Like that was what you did as far as 4-H, you know, like their 4-H was an incredible program for kids. And, um, you know, so I wanted to show cows. So I showed this cow named Tinkerbell and that's what we named her. And, uh, you know, Tinkerbell was this, this, this cow, this show cow that I had, and, you know, my responsibility to take care of her and raise her and, you know, uh, train her how to walk on a halter and break her and, you know, just, I mean, all these things. And that was kind of like my project uh, growing up. And what lesson do you think taking care of her gave you? You know, I, I think, you know, she was, she was probably, well, I mean, being on a farm, there's just so many lessons, right? Like, like growing up on a farm is the most, when you talk about taking care of others or putting others first, um, that that's what a farm is. Um, there's no, there's no such thing as you come before anything else, right? Like these animals rely on you 100%. They're allowing you to protect them, to feed them, to, you know, doctor them. I mean, all these things, right? And, and, and so, um, you know, growing up on a farm was that. And so like you talk about the Tinkerbell story that, you know, I'd, I'd brought up so many times is, uh, is she, she was calving and came in one day from school, like got off the bus. It was pouring down rain, man. I'll never forget. Like if it, you want to talk about like a, a worst case scenario, like it was it, right? Like, and it was, um, I got off the bus and, and it was still short days. Right. So it was more of in the spring. So it wasn't long days, like summer days. And so, uh, maybe it was a fall. I don't, I don't know. Either spring or fall, because I remember it was short days. And cause I got off the bus and, um, it was starting to get dark 
And I was the last one that got off the bus and it's pouring down rain and Tinkerbell is, I see her out in the, by herself on her side. And, uh, you know, cows, you don't see them laying on their side very often, right? And so I got out there, I knew something was wrong and I get out there and she's trying to calve. I can still see a calf coming out and the calf has gotten hung and uh, she's had basically complications given, uh, given birth, right? And uh, so we call the vet, you know, I am distraught, right? And um, call the vet, the vet comes out, the vet comes out and takes care of getting the calf out and uh, removes the calf. But what had happened was because she had been laying so long in, in, in birth, her nerves had, had basically been damaged and, and gone basically like imagine like your legs going to sleep, but for a long time, right? Because that pressure of that calf was on her, was on her, um, you know, on, on her hips and stuff. And so, um, long story short, she couldn't stand up. And so that night, you know, my dad's kind of like, you know, you, you might as well go ahead and put her down. And I was like, no chance. I'm going to like, I'm, I'm like no chance. And so, um, he, he agreed to me. He's like, I'll buy, there's these things called hip huggers and they're, they're like these like metal cones and they have like this big screw on top and you like turn this handle and they screw onto the cow's hips and then you hook a chain and then you can pick them up and kind of set them. And what you do is you're starting to get that blood flowing back through their legs and hopefully rehabilitating, you know, like like their their legs to where they can start feeling again and man it was so muddy that night and i'll never forget i was out there we were out there so late we had to wait for the vet to come and then i had to build some shelter for her because it rained like the next two days so i took a tarp and built this shelter for her and uh then i kept i had to then i had to pick her up twice a day my dad's like look you need to pick her up before you go to school and you pick her up before or in the evenings to start working her out and feeding her and watering her and man it was just, I mean, it was, it was a chore. And, and I did this for about two or three months. And, um, you know, finally she, one day, you know, I, I'd, I'd had it like it, we're starting to get into the summer and, um, I came home and I'm like, I'm done with this. Like, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm done. Like if she ain't going to get up, she's just done. Right. So I decided I was going to come home and I was going to shoot her. And like, that was going to be it. Right. We're going to go ahead and get us both out of our misery. You know what I mean? And man, I came home that day and I was pissed off and I drove my four wheeler like right up next to her. I was mad at the work and the, you know, all this. And as soon as I slammed on my brakes on my four wheeler, she jumped up and took off running. Wow. And, um, so, you know, you talk about the lesson and, and, and the lesson is, 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 you know, um, it, you know, if you have responsibility to take care of things, you know, don't, you have responsibility to, to take care of things, right? Like, like, you know, I could have took the easy way out, which was easy for me. And got rid of her, um, which, you know, depending on your circumstances, like that's all, that's all, uh, circumstantial. Right. Um, but to me it was like, look, I mean, you put hard work into something, you know, good does come from it. Right. Taught me a lot of lessons of responsibility of, you know, somebody relying on you, you know, not when it's convenient. I mean, all these things, right. Like there's so many lessons in that one thing. And like, man, you look at a, a being grown up on a farm, like, Man, you just learn that all the time. I mean, you learn it all the time. At what point did you know you were going to join the military? Man, I never, I never really knew until I joined. Like, I never really thought about it. There, there must have been some time before when a recruiter's bringing you in. 
No, I mean, like I, I mean, I'd always thought like, you know, in our town, my, my hometown, like, it's kind of like you just do what everybody else does, right? Like you, you, you either graduate, you graduate high school and you either go to work or you go to college until you either pass college or you, you know, you run out of your parents' money and you come home and you know, whatever. And, uh, and man, like, you know, one day this, this Marine recruiter was in the, in the lunchroom and, you know, um, I don't know why it hit me that day and. I started talking to him and he's like, you know, there's no way you'd ever make it as a Marine. And I was like, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll sign up today. Right. He just knew they knew how to speak to you. Right. And, um, well that, that's an interesting point. Like someone challenging you and light lit up something under you. Like you can't tell me what I can and can't do. Yeah. Which is obviously what his intention was, but, but it just goes to speak to the challenge of life and, and the importance of having challenges without them. We're not actually, we don't know what we're made of or what we can be made of. Yeah, and I, and I think that's kind of the, the problem with society today, right? Is uh, you've taken you've taken away of all these challenges, um, you've taken away not the ability like like what we've done is we've made everybody a winner, and we've taken away the 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 opportunities to lose, right? The opportunities to fail, and you know those are the opportunities where people get better. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not in the wins where anybody's getting better. Right. And, and that's the problem is, is, is when you win more than you lose in life, you don't appreciate winning and you don't respect losing. Right. And that's a, that's a hard thing. And that's what we've done to, to society. How do we get to that place? Do you think? Weak men. Every problem, every problem on the face of the planet is because of a weak man. Every problem. What is a weak man? You know, somebody not of character, somebody who's not willing to, um, who's not grounded in, 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 um, in, um, that they're, they're just not grounded in fundamentals, right? Like they're not, they're not, they're not fundamentally based. They don't even know their fundamentals, right? Like, um, the most dangerous man is a weak man. <laughs> that's the most, that's the most dangerous man. Right. And, and, and I go back to every problem is, you know, men have gotten to the point to where, um, they want to be appreciated. They do shit that is instant gratification and they want to be appreciated. Like being a man, like you, you ain't going to be appreciated. Like you shouldn't do it to be appreciated. You should do it because it's your fucking job, right? Your job is to be strong. Your job is to be disciplined. Your job is to protect. Your job is to provide. Like why would God or whatever made us, right? You, you, you talk, you can argue that all day, right? We, we, we don't have to go down that scenario, but why would we be built bigger, stronger to be weaker? Right? Like we're built to fight, to be strong, to protect, and not to be appreciated. You know, and and you know, this whole idea is and and, and that's that's the problem is is you know you go back to it, weak men. Every issue in the world I can go back to weak men. Have you ever noticed any time in your own life when you would looking back on it characterize yourself as a weak man? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was probably 
the weakest man ever, right? I was a victim. Like men are like, as a man, you are not a victim. Like, you know, I got out of the Marine Corps and just, you know, not just feeling sorry for myself, you know, walking around and thinking I'd had it harder than everybody else, you know, drinking, spending my time, not doing good shit. Right. Like just terrible, man. Yeah, absolutely. It It's hard too for somebody to call you out on that mm-hmm. because in many respects, it did look like you had it harder than mm-hmm. most people who, who served or went overseas. But that's the problem, right? Like the problem. And I, and I thought about this the other day, I wrote it down and, um, just I was working out. The problem is, is that everybody thinks that they're, and they've got this like tag word, trauma, right? Whatever. Let's call it obstacles, right? I think the word trauma is, is so stupid. Um, unless you're bleeding out, it's not trauma. And, um, but I think that everybody thinks that the obstacles that they've been dealt is what makes them unique. And it's not. You haven't faced anything that somebody hasn't faced worse than you. I haven't faced, and I'm not saying it's not significant, but what I'm saying is, is none of us have had an obstacle that somebody else has not come, already been through. It's just facts, right? And um, what makes us unique is our comeback, what we do after that. See, everybody wants their identity to be PTSD. Uh, I got, I got PTSD. Everybody talks about how you and every other motherfucker walking on the earth. PTSD is L-I-F-E, baby. Right? And it's like, but it becomes the identity. And when that becomes your identity, you don't want to get better and get and get rid of it. Right? Like the comeback is where it's at. You know what I mean? And that was me, man. I used to walk around and blame every, I blamed everything on PTSD. Everything, right? I was fat and out of shape. Well, PTSD. I was drinking every day. Well, PTSD. I was an asshole. I mean, I'm still an asshole, but like not as much, Right? PTSD, right? Like everything I did, I blamed it on PTSD. It's like an easy out. And like you said, if if I yell PTSD, you're not going to challenge me on it. So Big Mike picks you up from the airport. Yeah. And drives five hours to do so because of a snowstorm. Yeah. And it's interesting that he, or in that situation, the people around you, had such care for you, mm-hmm. but enabled PTSD in some respect. Yeah. What could they have done better? You know, I think, I think my dad, I think my dad, I mean, my dad of all people tried to do it. Um, he, I mean, he, he was one of the ones that, I mean, my dad does not take any shit, right? Like he's, my dad's not an emotional human being. Like he's a very logical person. Right. Um, and so he, he tried, but I mean, you got the world enabling you. It's my dad doing this and the world enabling me. Right? And and I mean, I mean, think about this, man. Like people were looking at me saying, gosh, I couldn't imagine what you've gone through. I mean, they would justify everything. And the shit that I was doing was, I mean, it's just embarrassing. Right? And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it, 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 it what we, have came down to and what I believe that would have been better is look I don't need people around me that tell me what I want to hear um I need people to tell me what I need to hear right and and when you talk about what true love is right everything comes down to love um 
whatever you love, you're going to, to go all in for. And what we have, really people are, the, this is the most selfish concept that people can have, is when I'm not willing to risk you liking me, like you rely on me to be your friend. Like I think titles are important, right? Friends, brothers, sisters, whatever, right? Family, all these titles come with responsibilities. And um, if I'm your friend and, and, and you think I've got your back, it is a disgrace for me to not be willing to compromise you liking me and telling you what, you know, and just telling you what you want to hear instead of telling you what you need to hear and you might not like me. Like true love is I'm willing to risk you liking me and you being upset at me in order to tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. That is what brotherhood is. What was the first time that someone did that for you? Man, there, there were quite a few people that, that, that tried, right? There were quite a few people that tried. Um, but I'll tell you probably the biggest eye opener to me is, uh, you know, Tim Kennedy. Um, you know, Tim, I came in the gym one day and I was, man, I was in it. Like I was going through a divorce and like, it was just terrible. And it, it was probably the worst time of my life. And I come in the gym one day and, um, I, we were in sets or something. And I kind of look over at Tim and I'm kind of complaining about, you know, man, you know, this, this is all messed up. Can't believe like just really the, the woe is me. And Tim looked over at me and he's like, man, he's like, when you walk in a room, people look at you like you're a warrior. He goes, so you need to fucking act like one. And, you know, I, that might not sound significant in the, on this podcast, but like to me in that moment, like those words, th did they feel good? Like, absolutely not. But did I need to hear that? Like, I still hear that. I still, it still echoes through my head, right? Whenever I start getting in those you know, oh man, I'm tired today because I've been traveling or whatever, right? It's like, no, no. You need to be what you say you are. You had an undeniable set of proof that you actually were a warrior in the past, mm -hmm. even if you weren't acting like it in that moment. Yeah. There are some people who are listening to this episode right now and who have never felt like a warrior at all and couldn't even justify anyone else calling them a warrior. Yeah. What advice would you have for those people? Man, you, you're on, you are only what you are today. So like, like here's what I can't stand, right? It's like, it'd be like me with the Medal of Honor. Like I don't wear my medal. You know why? Because that, like, that'd be like me wearing my Letterman jacket. I call it the Uncle Rico syndrome. If you have to walk in and talk about what you did yesterday to justify your lack of doing shit today, your has been, right? But here's what I want to tell you is, and, and to the people out there listening, you know, I also hear on on both sides, you hear people who go through life thinking they can't do anything because they're still holding themselves in jail for the shit they fucked up 10 years ago. They're both equally wrong. Winning and losing is nothing more than a moment in time, and neither one should be celebrated or rode off of or used any longer than the other. So you can't use the win from yesterday 
to justify your today, but also the loss from yesterday doesn't make you a loser today either. Right? Like, like both are just moments in time, right? And too many times we hold on the, on our packs. We carry these packs and usually the people who are talking about what they had done, you know, whether you're in business and you're talking about what your sales numbers last year, nobody gives a shit. What'd you do today? What'd you do to earn that title today? I call it honor the oath. You know, honor the oath. Honor the oath that you took. Like all of us, like you don't have to be a first responder. You don't have to, you don't have to be a firefighter. You don't have to be serving the military. Like you don't have to raise your right hand to swear to, you know, to protect or provide for something. We all have an oath, right? Like we all, like you do podcast and you say you're going to do podcast. Well, fucking get up every day and be a podcaster, right? Like if you want to, if you're a father, then wake up every day and be a father. If you're a mother, if you're a wife, if you're a husband, we all have these titles that we, that represent us. And these are oaths that we've all taken. And every day you got to get up and honor that oath, right? And so, you know, to anybody out there, you know, there's none of us in life that somebody's not relying on us. Everybody, we're all relied on. We're all a, a cog in the wheel and none of us are more significant than the other. But, you know, get up every day and, and, and earn it every single day. Every day is a new at bat, you know, and, and that's, that's where I look at it. I love the idea of honoring the oath. I'm curious when you stop being that thing, right? Like you're in the Marine Corps and your your oath is I'm going to serve in the Marine Corps to the best of my abilities. And then you stop at some point, mm-hmm. you retire. And then what happens is like some people still hold on to the oath that they once had. Yeah. And that- What's their identity? Exactly. And that I think is something everyone will deal with at every point in their life because we're constantly changing. Man, we always like, like, you know, I, I understand the phrase once a Marine, always a Marine, right? But I'll tell you this, if you get out of the Marine Corps and still trying to be a fucking Marine, like you're going to be homeless. Damn. You need to be a damn good civilian, right? Me, like, and, and, and that's a big piece of it, right? We all have this problem, right? You look at parents whenever their kids leave the nest. These, uh, and that's what I'm saying is like, none of these problems are unique to anybody. You know, you look at you look at somebody leaving their job, whether they're retiring, whether they're moving to a new job or they're moving to a new house. Like we are constantly throughout life transitioning. And the better we can get at transitioning, the better everything's going to be. You know, whether your kids going from I mean think think about since you were growing up. Every time you moved to new school, every time you went to a new classroom, you know, you you start over again. Every time you start a new team, right? I mean, whatever, right? We're we're always, always doing that, right? And, and, and honoring the oath is of being whatever titles are important to you. And like, you know, none of these titles, all these titles are subtitles of who you are, right? And um, I've actually got a book coming out this fall. And uh, the first, it, it, it's basically talking about all this. And, you know, for me, I had to, I'm a very systematic approach guy, right? And uh, not very smart. So I have to do things really dumb down. And, uh, you know, most of us are going through life. If I looked at you and I said, I said, tell me, tell me the four, I call it your box. Tell me your four reasons as to what you want to be known as, you know, cause we all go through life and we're wondering why things are happening to us. We've got to change why to what the only why you'll ever know in life is your own why. And that's identified by that box. 
right? For me, it's, it's serving others, making the world a better place, being an example to my children and to others, right? And then you talk about, you talk about, you know, wanting to leave the world better than I found it. So that's the four sides of my box. If it doesn't fit in my box, it's not for me. If I'm not doing something in a way that fits in that box, it's not for me. It's like your target. Most of us are going through life and we don't even know what target we're trying to hit. And so, you know, I think that's, that's kind of a, a big foundational piece is, is nobody's conscious living, you know? Now, this is the, the third book that yeah. you published. And I'm curious, I know sometimes there's like a, a stigma upon people who serve and then talk about their story. Did yeah. you face any of that yeah. internally and externally? The only people who say that are the ones that don't have stories. The only people who talk shit about people coming back and telling their stories are the motherfuckers that don't have stories, right? I, I, I don't tell my stories. I think, I think it is absolutely critical for, for people, like veterans, to come back and tell their stories, right? Like, it, it's critical for the next generation. I mean, imagine if guys didn't come back and tell their stories to give us something to live up to. I mean, look at Audie Murphy. Look at Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, it, it's it's literally like, because I'll tell you this, the Kardashians are going to tell their fucking stories. So we better get to telling our stories. We have an obligation as, as a part of history, as a part of giving the next generation something to, to strive to be, to know what's right. Because if we don't, then they're going to try to be like the Kardashians and they're going to try to be like LeBron James. And, and like, that's going to be what they're going to look up to. Right. And it's like, which one do you want? And so when I hear veterans talk about, you know, well, I don't, I don't talk about it much, but then they also get pissed off that, that civilians don't understand. Well, that's the fucking problem. You know what I mean? And it's like, tell your story. Everybody should tell their story, whether you served or not. Everybody should tell their story. You, everybody should live a life that has a story that's worth telling to give somebody else some inspiration to look up to. It's really, really well said. What do you think most civilians misunderstand about people who have served? I'm not, I don't think they do. I mean, I think that, I mean, I, I, I mean, could you, could you say that you understand what the barista at, at Starbucks does? I mean, vaguely, but there's so much nuance that I probably wouldn't get yeah. if I didn't. Yeah. And spend time doing it. I don't know what anybody else does that I haven't asked them the question or they haven't explained it to me about. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's kind of like none of us understand each other if we don't tell stories and we don't educate people on it. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I think I'll tell you this. We, we live in the United States of America and the United States of America loves its veterans. It does. I mean, you, you know, look, the nine or the, um, the Vietnam generation has done such a great job because of how they were treated at making sure this 9-11 generation was taken care of and appreciated and loved. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like America loves its veterans. And so do I think that they understand our job? No, but isn't that why I served? Didn't I serve? Didn't I raise my right hand so that to protect Americans here so that they wouldn't have to go see the, the terribleness of war? Wasn't that what I did? So now I'm going to come back and not like what I set out to serve? You know, it's like, it's kind of crazy, right? Mm. 
Yeah, that is an interesting way to think about it. I. Uh, what do you think veterans don't understand about, or what do you think that the civilians don't understand about veterans? I mean, I listen to podcasts. Yeah. To your story to prepare for this because I feel I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, business people, fitness people, but no one, not many people who have gone to the depths of darkness that you've experienced. And so from my perspective, before listening to those podcasts that you were on, I didn't understand the darkness that was out there. And let me tell you why. Why? Because people don't talk about it. It's not unique to me. Man, I, I'm I'm a first responder now. I'm a firefighter. I have ran calls as a firefighter that were worse than anything I've seen in combat. Like terribleness, like like that shit is is not unique to war. Car wrecks out here. The stuff that these police see. The stuff that the 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 men and women who wear uniforms here in the United States of America see on a daily basis. They go to combat. Some cops go to combat every day. You know what I mean? Uh, firefighters. I mean, you look at our EMS. When I tell you the greatest people that walk the face of the planet are the men and women who put on the uniforms and, and don't think that combat is unique. You know, these this stuff is unique to just going overseas to seeing it. This stuff is here every day. And what I'll tell you is, is the reason it hasn't been talked about is is because the resiliency of these men and women is just astronomical. Astronomical. The reason it's not talked about is because they're resilient. Yeah, I mean, they think it's normal. They think it's normal. You know what I mean? And like, man, we, we are so fortunate to have people like that that get up and are willing to go make other people's problems their problems and make the community a better place. Yeah. When you, I, I listened to a podcast about you with firefighting yeah, and how you've started to get into that. When, when did you start firefighting? So I started in 2020 when COVID hit. Um, I moved out, I'm fortunate to move to a place in Spicewood, Texas. And, uh, there was just this volunteer department nearby and I was like, man, I, I mean, I'd love to see how I can help my community. Right joined the volunteer department, started running calls. And I like, I'm like, gosh, like this is, this is really awesome. This is an impactful way to, to help people. Like you really get to, you really can make a difference in people's lives. Um, and so I started there and, and started volunteering, running calls and then COVID hit. And I, I was like, man, I, w- I want to go to this fire school. Like all, everything shut down. Right. So I was like, I went to this fire academy, knocked my fire academy out, turned around and went to, um, uh, got my EMT and then I became a, um, you know, a commissioned firefighter in the state of Texas. And then I was fortunate enough to, to have a department that was like, yeah, come work with us. Right. So went and worked with them and they were incredible. Right. And then I went and worked for another department and I mean, I was, I was full time, you know, and, uh, and I was just getting a lot of calls, getting a lot of calls, getting to, to touch a lot of people and, and getting to, to really just work around just giants. And, um, yeah, man, just loved it ever since. It was so interesting to hear you talk about the the loneliness that people face who you were helping. Yeah, man. And I was not, I didn't think that, you know, sometimes the reason why people call 911 is because obviously they're going through something traumatic, but it's often as well because 
they couldn't call somebody else. Yeah. That's a, that was a really difficult for, thing for me to understand and really disheartening one as well. Yeah, man. You know, the perspective that it gives you of just how, how lucky we are, right? I mean, and I think that like, that's part of what gives me so much honor of, of being able to claim the title as a firefighter is like, you know, some of these people, yeah, it's not, it's not the cool call that we show up on, you know, we're, you know, we're, 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 you know, kicking in a door and going in and, and fighting a, a structure fire or, you know, anything like that. It's, you know, the, the calls where we make the most impact are, you know, some old lady has, has failed and, and like, she doesn't have a family member to call. She doesn't have anybody that's, that's going to come get her and help her. Right. And, you know, being able to come in and, and, you know, try to make their house a little bit better. I mean, you know, put their, like, put, like I, I put a man's groceries up the other day for him, right. Put his groceries up and, you know, sometimes we'll wash their dishes and, and, you know, sometimes we'll help take their trash out. Like after we come in and help them. And I mean, man, you, you, I mean, there, there's a lot of suffering just, just next door. Right. And, and there's a lot of people that nobody cares about them. And, and, you know, that's part of like what really, what I love probably the most about being a first responder is that like when people have no one else to care about them, like at least we get to care about them. Right. Like we are, I feel like that, that first responders are literally the beacon of hope of the communities. You know, like as long as you still hear sirens inside of your communities, you still know that there's hope and that someone cares. Wow. Never considered it like that. Yeah, man. Like you would, you know, and, and, and like, yeah, it might not be an emergency to us, you know, um, but to them, I mean, think what it would take for you to call 911, right? For me to call 911. To them, it's that moment, you know, and I, I get like, you know, they claim, and then there is, there's a lot, there is some abuse of the system, right? There is some people who just want to ride downtown, um, you know, Sam, that happens. Yeah. Wow. And so there are those, but man, like, you know, you, you, there's still a lot of, a lot of calls where like human beings are just, you know, they, they, at least they know we care about them. Yeah. So going back, you, at that, at some point you were characterizing yourself as a weak man. Mm-hmm. At what point did you notice a transition in yourself that you started changing to be a strong man? Well, when I first, when I finally looked in the mirror and said that I'm weak, you know, when I finally quit justifying, I mean, I, I knew I was weak. I, mean, I knew I was weak ever since I got out of the Marine Corps. I knew that. And, and if you're weak, you know you're weak. I mean, they're, they're, you know better than anybody, right? But what I had done and what the world had helped me do was justify that weakness. Kind of like what you said, right? Like, man, you, you've gone through so much. I mean, you know how many times I'd heard, well, Dakota, you, you've done enough for this country. And maybe to you, man, I'm, I'm going to keep doing for people until I'm dead, right? Until I can't do anymore. And, um, that, cause honestly, like I, I feel selfish about it. Like I love people. Like I, I mean, I, I don't care. I don't care what God you pray to. I don't care what, who you vote for. Like I, if you need help, like I, I want to help you. Right. And like, that's to me, it's selfish because like I get so much out of being able to help people. Right. And I, I love it. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, when I have finally looked in the mirror and I was like, man, you're, you're, you're fucking weak. You're an embarrassment. 
And then I set my goals of where I wanted to be. Right. And you know, that, that was it. That was the path. Right. And I got on the path and that's what it takes. What were some of those goals? You know, look like working out, right? Like if, if I can't be good, I can't help anybody else be good. Working out, um, like detoxification and, you know, getting rid of the shit that's making you worse. Right. Like, like who are you, who are you putting your time into? Where are you putting your time? What are you consuming, right? Like people talk about nutrition all the time. Nutrition's not just about food. It, it, I mean, a lot of it is food, but nutrition is about everything you consume from the people that you're around to the, to the content that you're looking at. Like if you're depressed and you're watching Fox News all day and you're listening to all these people talk shit, you know, like there's plenty of places for people to tell you what your problem should be and what your worry should be. Man, if it doesn't, if it's not going to affect me or my family, or it's not going to affect the things that I can do, and it's not going to directly affect my community, I don't fucking care. Right. And, and, you know, like when I started getting rid of and trimming the fat, the better life got, right. The more focused and dialed in you get and 1% better every day, man. So look, sleeping, getting sleep. Right. Like I, I'm a big mental health advocate. It probably doesn't sound like that when I'm saying PTSD is LIFE. But like the reality is, is, is I just don't look at it any different than physical health. It's no different. Right. Like physical health and mental health. Are, are, if you break a leg, well, you ain't going to keep walking on it. Right. You're going to get go get a cast. If you if you're depressed, well, go get some help. Right. Start not dialing in on what, what you need to do. Um, you got anxiety. That's not normal. Right. Go get some help. But first, where, I, where, we're, where we're messed up, man, is you go and you get help for your, your cast. And what the doctor says is, hey, look, I'm going to put this cast on you, immobilize it the next six to eight weeks, you know, and then we'll start rehabbing it back. And, you know, the rehab work on it's going to help maintain it. And then you can start getting back after it, right? Mental health, they go in and it's like, oh, you got anxiety? Well, I'm going to throw you this, this medication, this benzo. Instead of me looking at you and saying, hey, man, how much caffeine are you taking in? How much sleep are you getting? Are you exercising? What are you eating? Are you eating a shit ton of sugar? N- never. That's not happening. Instead, it's like, hey, I'm going to throw this pill at you, right? And so it's kind of like you can be wherever the hell you want to be, right? Depression doesn't have to last forever. Anxiety doesn't have to last forever. And neither does PTSD. Right. All these things are overcomable. People have done it forever. Just about if you want to. Right. It was so fascinating listening to you basically have that conversation with somebody who was like, I'm a truck driver, I'm 10 pounds overweight. And you're like, how much caffeine are you drinking? How much exercise are you getting? This is what you could do. You could go to an HEB instead of the truck stop to get better food. And it was like, wow, you literally are in that moment helping him, coaching him into a better reality. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. And you know what? Like it took that for me, right? Like, like all, there's nothing unique about me, right? Like everything that I put back out is like something somebody put into me. I was just fortunate that like I had those people do that, right? I mean, I didn't grow up knowing about nutrition, right? I mean, we're the processed food generation, right? And, And to me, like 
I mean, it was eat whatever the hell you could, whatever's most convenient, right? It's, you know, it, it, and that's, that's, I mean, and, and to look at it, right? Like our lives today are more multidimensional than they've ever been in the history of human beings. Yep. And so there is that aspect of it, but it takes the same time to, to prep your meals and walk in the, the, the grocery store to get food as it does to eat shit food. Right. And so it just comes down to your decisions, right? And it comes down to what you want and it goes back to your box. It goes back to your box, right? And so, yeah, just like that guy, I mean, you know, it, it comes down to the three principles, you know, and, and people go in and talk to, to mental health aspect of it. it. Mental health and counselors, they're just like trainers in the gym. You can go get the best trainer and you can get the best nutritionist. But if you aren't going to apply it and you don't have goals, it ain't going to do you no good. You can't pay your way out of physical health or mental health. You got to decide to do it on your own. You got to decide to do it on your own. And guess what? Being fat and depressed is just as hard as getting up and working out and doing what it takes to be healthy and not depressed. How long did you make that real? Did it take you to make that realization? I mean, it took me a long time, right? I mean, it, it, it took me a long time. Um, I mean, I would say you're talking 2019 to 2020 time frame, right? 2018 probably. So 2009, 10 to 2018, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, what makes me the sickest of all of it is that I wasted eight years of my life. Wow. I wasted eight years of my life, you know, in my 20s. Is there anything that could have been done to speed that period up? Not for yourself right now. What's done is done. Has, um, But for people in that right right now. You know, don't, don't get around a bunch of people that, like, if you look at everybody around you and and you don't like what you see, you, you got to fix that first. There's a reason that AA works. There's a reason that, that, you know, alcoholics don't go to the bar. You know what I mean? Um, there's a reason that, that people who work out hang around people who work out. Right. I mean, you are what you're surrounded by. There's that's that's a fact, right? And um, you know, I just think that that like, you know, if you're sitting there right now and you're wondering like where you're at in life and, and, and you're not happy, like if you're not happy in life right now, if I mean I I'm not saying that every day has to be happy. Like that that's a, that's not reality, right? But if you're if you wake up every day and you're continuing to do the same thing over and over and you hate it. Change it, change it. But you've got to be willing to lose. You've got to be willing to give up who you are for who you want to be. And it's not easy, right? And so for me, man, like, I just, I wasn't around the right people, right? And I'll tell you this, there's not one of those people still in my life today. Not one. And and, and the, the older I got, you know, the older my daughters got, 
<clears throat> and the more the more they're absorbing now. And so the more careful I have to be, you know, from the people that I have around me. You know, if I die today, like I, I, this is my filter to life. If everybody I bring around, my daughters see, and my daughters trust me, they respect me. So you automatically get the same respect from them because I let you in the house. They trust me. Well, I'm not going to have pieces of shit around. Because if I die today, I don't want them to think that they can rely on that person. Right? And so if you're not good enough to be in my daughter's life, you're damn sure not good enough to take my time and be in my life. Were you aware of that back in those days? No. No. I mean, you can't think of that stuff until, until you really start looking in the mirror and you start wanting better. Right? Um... And I'm fortunate, man. I mean, I'm I'm around giants. You know, I'm around giants. I have access to giants. You know, the fact that, you know, I mean, Jocko's a, a personal friend, right? And I pick the phone up and call Jocko and me answers, right? It's kind of crazy to me. You know, I'm just so lucky. You know, guys like Morgan Luttrell, Marcus Luttrell. You know, I'm just, I, I got these guys who are, who are just admirable people. And, um... You know, Jared Johnson, who's a, who's a firefighter with, you know, AFD, you know, Jason Jeffries and uh, uh, Brandon Harrell. I mean, I'm just surrounded by just incredible human beings. What's the biggest thing you've learned from Jocko? Man. You, you know, like the thing about Jocko is, 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 is Jocko is. The biggest thing I've learned from Jocko is not to worry about other people. Right. Like, like Jocko is like Jocko. He doesn't even like he he doesn't even think about like I I can't say what Jocko thinks about. Right. But the dude is just moving forward. Right. And and. He's all about I mean. Jocko's incredible. I mean, I, I like Jocko is just just being around the guy like you. You learn what what being a man should, is and what it what it should look like. I mean, he's an incredible human being. So, it's a a sense of I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm going to focus on my world. I'm going to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, those J- are Jocko doesn't live off of being a seal. Jocko's still out there getting after it today, right? And and I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it, just just being around that guy is just, and he's so humble. And he's so, I'll never forget when I flew in to do his podcast. 2018. 2018, I flew in to do his podcast. And I figured we were going to get, um, you know, we should get an Uber to meet him wherever we need to be at. Dude, the guy gets out and, and like, he pulls up and picks me up at the airport. Wow. And just is so accommodating. I mean, if I had to call that guy, you know, I mean, he, I'd pick up the phone anytime and just, he'd do whatever to help. And like, he's just, and he, he he's just an incredible human being. I could really sense in that podcast episode how much he admired what you had been through yeah. and what you were living through. And it's cool to hear that how much you admire him for what he accomplished. And particularly since that is around the time it sounds like your life starts changing. And I, I can't help yep. but notice the, the connection. And, and there's no doubt in my life, or in, 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 there's no doubt in my mind that the turning point was Jocko Willink coming in my life. Wow. There, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, Jocko believed in me more than I believed in me, right? And and it was, it was, 
yeah, there, there's no doubt in my mind that, that my life truly changed when Jocko came in my life. And what's really cool about that is that people can listen and have Jocko come in their life anytime they want, right? That is the power of podcasts. Yeah. And that is the power of, of actually making attention to changes. Like you could turn this off right now or write the next episode, yeah. play Jocko. Yeah. And that will help improve your life in some way. It, it will. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bandaid, right? You can't, you can't rely off of it, but, but you know, when people talk shit about how bad technology is, like technology is, is, is like a gun, right? It's only like, it's not, it's a tool and it's only as bad as the person's hands that it's in. Right. And, and like, yeah, I mean, you can tap into Jocko, you can listen to Jocko's thoughts. Right. And, and he's been so gracious to tell his story, right. To, to tell his story and, uh, to help a lot of people. And I mean, imagine if Jocko hadn't told his story. Imagine if Jocko was one of those guys like, yeah, I serve, but I don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Like he's using his stories for good. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's the awesome part about, about technology is like, we can connect with people. You can choose who you connect to. So like, if, if your life is shitty and, and you think technology is shitty, it's because you are doing a shitty job at using it. There is plenty of good for you to find. Yeah. It, technology and the algorithms are just feeding you back what you already think about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you think about today, who you are today, what are the non-negotiable things you, you have to do every single day? Work out. Um, I, I, I try to read 10 pages a day. Um, you know, I, I, I live by, I, I do something for myself every day and I try to do something to make the world better every day. Right. I, I have a goal of every room that I leave, I leave it better than I found it. Right. And, and that could be as simple as picking up a piece of trash. Um, that could be as simple as pushing up a chair that somebody didn't push up. That could be as simple as holding the door for somebody. That could be as simple as, as telling somebody like, Hey man, I like, I like your shoes today. Right. Like it could be as simple as that. Um, and that's what, that's what I do every day, every day, 1% better every day. And then that's beautiful. At what point do you, you say to yourself, all right, I am a different person than the person that I was every day. Is there a clear distinction between you being in that dark place and then looking back and being like, oh, wow, the person that I was would not have signed up to be a firefighter or the person that I was would not do X or Y. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't look back. Right. I, I don't like, you know, people talk about, well, what if this? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think about that. Like, like, especially past, like we, we could talk about going forward. Right. But like when people are like, what do you think you would have done this or would have done this different? I'm like, I don't know. Like everything, every decision has got me to where I'm at today. And like, I am happy where I'm at today. Um, talking about distinct. I mean, I'm different every week. Yeah. The way I view things, every workout, I'm different, right? Like I go in and, and, and I work out and I try to work out so hard that if, if, if you're going and you're working out and there's not a point in every single workout to where you want to quit, you ain't working out. You're going through the motions. So true. Right. And so for me, like, that's my therapy. Like that's my grounding and that's my oxygen mask, right? 
Like we have to put our own oxygen mask on before we can go and put everybody else's on. And so every morning I get up, I get up at 427 every single morning, seven days a week. Right. And I get up and I go work out. I go get in the sauna. I do the cold plunge. Right. I do it because that's my routine. And I am done by six o'clock. And guess what? The rest of the world, I'm out there ready to get after it and help them. Why 427? Because 430 is my goal and I want to beat my fucking goal, right? Everything's momentum in life, right? Everything's contagious. Everything's momentum. And if I can beat it in the morning, then that's, I'm winning. I'm already winning. I love that. You know? Yeah. No rhyme or reason. I don't know why 427. <laughs> I thought there might be some significance. Oh, is that like the day that those people smoked that weed or whatever? I think that's 420. Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> I was about to change it. I was like, man, hopefully he's not asking me about. No, 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 no. It's just an unusual yeah. distinction, and it's a cool way to beat yourself, you know? Yeah. A little three minutes. How long have you been doing that? Man, I've been doing it. And, and, and it's and, and look, everything's seasonal, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes you get off the path. Everybody does. Everybody does. Nobody's perfect. Um, Even Jocko? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If there's anybody who deserves to, to, to have, to, to, you know, it'd be Jocko, but... If there's anybody who doesn't get off the path, it probably is Jocko. Because um, he is, he's a, he's just incredible. Um, I, I've probably been doing it two, two, probably a couple years, mm. you know, a couple years, two, two and a half years. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, I mean, look, it's hard to do it when you're traveling, right? You travel, I mean, you trying to find a gym, trying to carry your food, trying to have your food, right? Like. It's hard, but it's about, it's, it's, it's not about, it's not about that. It's about, it's about the, the odds, like, like the ratio of the wins, right? You ain't gonna win. You ain't gonna win every day. You ain't gonna win every day. You ain't gonna come out and you ain't gonna be a hundred percent every day. Some days you can come out, you're gonna have 5%, give that 5%, right? Do what you set out to do. Yeah. Beautifully said. When you're thinking about moving forward right now, because the thing is, you, you've lived a, a storied life, so I assume that people are talking to you in some sense about who you were. Mm-hmm. How, how much of that is, is you retelling a story or you living in a story that has, isn't actually you're resonating with in this moment? Man, I, I like it, that, honestly, that's like, Usually when I go on podcasts, like that's the number one thing that's said is like, I don't want to talk about September 8, 2009. Like that, if you want to talk about that, go read the fucking book, right? Go listen to other 50 podcasts about it. That's not me anymore. Like the, the same guy like is not me, but on the backside of it, because that same guy's not me is like, I still have to get out there and test myself because I'm not that guy that ran into that valley today. So I still got to get up and I got to make sure I'm ready to run in that valley again if I needed to be right. Like you can't live off that false hope because you've done it once that you're going to do it again. Right. And, and you know, for me, like, I don't know, I just don't have those conversations. Right. Like I don't, I don't really sit down anymore and talk about what I've done. I like to talk about what I think about today. Right. And it's, and of course it evolves, right? Like you listen to a podcast from Jocko. It's a totally different podcast. You go back and listen to my first Joe Rogan, right? You go back and listen to my interviews Back in 2011, right? Like 12, like it's, it's not the same. I'm not the same person. Thank God. It's so cool 
witnessing and hearing the difference in the energy you had in all those different moments. Yeah. Like I could actually sense the difference in human being and what you're living with. Yeah. You notice that as well? Yeah, man. I mean, I look at some of it sometimes and I'm like, gosh, like I'm so glad I'm not that person anymore. Right. But, but what I want all this to be to the people who are listening here right now is like, man, if I could do it, you can fucking do it. Right. Like, like you go look at some of those podcasts and you can tell which ones I was in a dark place. You can tell which ones I was struggling. But like, what I'll tell you is, is hard work will fix everything. Hard work will fix everything. I promise you, if you put the work in, you will get the results. I promise you that, that whether it's with the job that you want or whether it's with the position you want or whether it's with the relationship that you want, like if you want a relationship fixed, fix it, right? Or, or, or get rid of it or find somebody who's right for you, right? Like, like if you put the work in and you keep your head down and your ass up and, and you just work, you don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know all the answers, right? You'll find them. Is there any particular story from the past few years that highlight the importance of hard work and how it manifested in a result that otherwise wouldn't have been unfathomable? Man, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if there's anything significant. I mean, I, I just think that like, you know, if you want to like, if you want to be surrounded by better people, you have to be a better person because better people only want good people around them too. Right. So it all comes within, everything comes from within. I mean, I look at the people that I'm surrounded by and that's how I judge where I'm at. Right. Like, look, I don't care how much money you got. At some point you're going to be broke. Right. Like, like you never make enough money to where you can't lose it all. Right. You never get to a position to where you don't have to worry about bills. I don't think. Right. I mean, maybe some do. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think the more money you got, the bigger your bills are. Right. And, and, and you never get into a, 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 you know, a physical fitness level to where you don't have to worry about not getting fat, right? Like all these things. Um, but what I say is, is that like, I judge everything based off the people I'm surrounded by. And I'll tell you in my life, I'm surrounded by the best human beings that I've ever been around. And it tells me that, and I'll tell you this, what I trust about these people, the absolute most is, is not just that they would tell me what I need to hear, but that if <laughs> I wasn't a good person, they wouldn't have me around. Right. So like, that's kind of my, my measure. Right. And I'm surrounded by giants. Like I am surrounded by absolute giants. It's a really cool way to measure your life. What about the, the texture of your mind? How has it changed and how have the voices in your head changed over the past five years? Well, you know, the, the more you challenge those voices, look, I don't have voices in my head that you don't have. Like I, nobody does. Everybody listening to this, like, like, let's just start with your day. So I'm going to get everybody on the same page here, right? Like your alarm clock goes off. Do you automatically just feel great to get out of bed? Took me 10 minutes today. Yep. There you go. Guess what? Guess what? Like it, that's why I have that 27 to 30 because I know if that second one goes off, then I've already not had that win in. Oh, wow. That's genius. Right. And I'm so, going to start doing that. Right. Like, like, and so, so that's it. Right. And, and none of us like getting, starting from the day, getting out of bed, none of us want to get out of bed. Like, do, do you get tired throughout the day? Like, do you ever like every, every time, like, you know, you're going to go work out. Like, do, do you look forward to it? No. Right. 
like all these things, all these things, all the way from making your bed, right? All the way from, do you have doubts? Like, let me ask you this. Like we talked about your podcast here. Do you have the doubts that you're ever going to, ever going to be a great podcaster? Like you're ever going to have millions of views per one episode? Of course. Yeah, we all do, right? Everything I do, everything I do, like going in the gym, like, you know, always going, sometimes going to the next set. Like, can I do another set? All these things, we all have, every one of us have the same doubts, the same thoughts. Like, man, I mean, how many times, let me ask you this. How many times have you had like the imposter syndrome of like feeling like, well, I'm, maybe I'm not really this, right? Like, like, man, why, why do I, why can I sit here and do this? Right? Like, why are people listening to me? Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. We all do. We Same shit. Every time I get up on a stage, I'm like, why are these people listening to me? <laughs> um, we all have them. But the more you face them, like the only difference between winners and losers are the people who face these challenges. And you look them in the mirror and you say, no, no. And that way, the more you do that, the more momentum you get. And the more when they show up, you're like, well, yeah, whatever. Right? Like that, that is, that's my insecurities. That's a weakness for me playing off of it. Right? And, and so like, that's what, they're not unique to us, right? And so facing those negative thoughts, facing those doubts and and, 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 and all that, like, and getting around people holding you accountable, right? Like, that's the piece to me that is, like, probably the most important to, to everything. Yeah. And, and having people around you who you trust and who are telling you, yo, you're not doing good enough here. Mm-hmm. Holding you to a higher standard than you're holding for yourself. Yeah. That's, that's really what it's all about. It is. It is. And, and making a commitment, right? Like so many people are non-committal. because once you make the commitment, there's measurables, right? I mean, imagine like, it'd be easy for you to say, yeah, I'm going to be a podcaster. Um, and that's it. What does that mean? Right? Like you could do one podcast a month and call yourself podcaster. Mm-hmm. But like when you start putting in the more, the more solidified what being a podcaster is to you, that's where like accountability is. And there has to be measurables to be accountability. What was the last commitment you made? Um, I mean, to, to go run this firefighter challenge, right? So I'm running that in two weeks in Utah. And it's been, I mean, I'll tell you this, man, like it, it has been a mind fuck for me, right? Like, I mean, I, I've, I've been pretty good at anything I've done. Right. And, uh, now I'm the worst at it and I bust my ass and I work hard and I still am not where I want to be at it. I'm still, I mean, I won't even, I won't even be top 20. Right. And, and like, man, I'm, I'm putting effort in and, um, and it's like, it's a hard thing to do. You know, I'm usually really good at short goals, right? Like I'm, I'm good at blasting. If it's a goal under three months, I'll smoke check you. But like long-term goals have always been not, I'm not saying long-term goals, but like long-term, like anything that I have to train over six to 12 months has been tough. Why? I I don't know. I mean, it's probably like being a sprinter, right? Like it's my Achilles heel. Like if I can, I'm more about just aggressive taking it out, right? Like, like just blasting all my time onto it and then figuring out the next one. Right. And, and like, that's kind of like probably my ADHD or whatever you want to call it. Um, but so this is like a, it's been a, 
It's been a ball buster for me. So you've trained for this one for a long time? Not a long time, but like I'm trying to go to Worlds, right? So Nationals and Worlds. So like it's it's like I got to go run this competition in Utah. And then I want to get in what's called the Lions Den. So it's under a minute 40. And so like right now, I mean, my times, like if I get a minute 50, it'll be a miracle. And man, it's hard. Like it's hard. Like it's been a, it's been a mind screwing for me. It's so, these are the videos that you post on Instagram, right? Of you do, they're so cool. And it's amazing you posting them, especially because you don't consider yourself good at it or top to it, you know? And so I think it, it's really inspiring that you not only just say, I want to be a firefighter. You're like, I want to be the best firefighter I possibly can be. Yeah. And therefore, I'm going to go to a challenge and really challenge myself against other people who are firefighters. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like that's a common theme with you. It's like someone challenging you and you're like, let me let me challenge myself to a, a higher and higher standard. Well, you can't. And like this is where I think that most people don't hold others accountable, right? Is because they're not going to hold others accountable because they're not holding themselves accountable. And most of the time, people don't try and push themselves because they don't want to lose. They don't push themselves to get better because they don't want to expose themselves to competition, to others being better than them and them having to to face the insecurity of not being good. What about this one? I used to not want to work out because I realized that the more that I worked out, the more that I would have to work out yep. in the future. Meaning that the more responsibility I had mm-hmm. or was building for myself, the more I was actually going to be required to be called upon when difficult times hit. I was like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to do work because that just means I'm going to have to do more. Yeah. And that was like, when I realized that about myself, I was like, fuck, you know? And, and yeah. that really made my, like- but what made you what made you face that? What made you come to that reality? Because I'm sure you had all these other feeling lies yeah. Why you weren't working out. And then what really like showed you that? I mean, for me, it was like, I got, it was an age thing yeah. where it was like, I'm 22 years old. I should not look like this mm-hmm. is when I looked at myself in the mirror. And so I guess I had a standard for an age, which is interesting because it could have been 15, you yeah. know, it could have been 60, like it yeah. just so random. But, um, I was like, all right, I'm 22. I can, I should have more responsibility for my body at this time. Yeah. But I could have easily said, I'm 19 or I'm 18. I should have more respect. You know, like it's so yeah. acid. Like we prescribe these meanings to ages that I think can really hold us back or push us forward if if that calls for it. But really, it's interesting how we have these these ages that are associated with different roles. Oh, I'm 30. I should be a dad. Oh, I'm, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah. I mean, it, and it's, it's, it's societal living, right? Like society has like told everybody how they should live what they should be doing, right? Like I call, it's not conscious living, right? I'm all about conscious living. Like, have you read that book by Gay Hendricks? What is it? It's called Conscious Living. No, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's great. Um, That sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, but like it's just conscious living. Like like, like, how many decisions do you make? So, so they say that you make 30,000 decisions a day. How many of those are on autopilot? God, by 80, 90% at least. Like, like, how often do we look at, like, how often do you eat what you eat because it's just what you've been eating? How often do you do what you do because that's just what you've always done? Like, think about that, right? Like, and it's kind of crazy when you do of, well, I talk like this because that's how I've always talked. Well, you know, like, there's just, 
like you should challenge yourself more than that. Like you should, you should consciously do things that consciously make sense to where you want to be. But most people don't even know where the fuck they want to be. So how do you know where you're supposed to be? You go back to that box. Yeah. Right. You go back to that box. Like, basics. like it's, it's back to the basics. Right. And, 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 you know, once you figure out, I mean, nobody dies and regrets what they've done. People die and they regret what they didn't do. You don't think people will say to themselves, oh, I worked too, too much. I didn't spend enough time with my family. I think that's a common regret people might have. You will. Do, do they, do they regret that they work too much or do they regret that they didn't spend time with their family? Do they regret what they did or what they didn't do? Yeah. I think it's probably that they regret that they worked on something that they didn't actually enjoy doing, but they regret that they didn't spend time with their family. Right? Yeah. They, like, they, they, they regret, the only reason they regret working too much is secondary to them regretting not spending time with their family. Right. 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 So it, it's, it's like, do what you want to do. Right. Like, like people, but you have to be able to identify like the roadmap of life. Like most people are getting up every day and they're just going, like, they're not living, they're surviving. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and you can change whatever you want to change. I tell people all the time this trick, right? Take your phone and what like like write down the three problems that you talk about the most every day. The three things you don't like in your life. Right? Write them down. Take your phone, open it up, go to screen time. Take 50% of that screen time and put that time dedicated to those three things every single day and watch what happens in 6 to 12 months. I love that. And in addition, something that I'm thinking about from that is like, what are the problems? What are the solutions to the problems? Write down the solutions, screenshot it, make it your home screen. A hundred percent, right? And and But the thing is, man, is like the world has been programmed to, to just be problem-based thinkers, right? So like th- this is why reality TV is so good. This is why it does so good, right? This is why all these things do so good because everybody like like bitching and complaining and 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 problems like it releases all this, you know, adrenaline. Right? Like it 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 amps you up. I mean, it's like fight or flight, right? Like the the hotter like usually people getting hot, right? Talking about shit. Watching, you know, watching these reality TV shows. It's almost like a drug. And so, but the problem is, is the more you feel that, no different than going to combat, the more you got to keep feeding that machine, right? And so I say people need to be solution-based thinkers. State the problem, focus all your time on the solution, right? Why are we discussing, everybody wants to figure out, well, why did somebody do that? Like, like, give me a problem, right? Like, I don't know. Um, I hate my job or my, my boss is an asshole. If I look at you and I go, well, why, why is he an asshole? And you're just going to keep going on and on, right? It doesn't matter why he's an asshole. Well, there's nothing, right? It doesn't. <laughs> like, but anyways, anything you tell me on why he's an asshole, is that helping fix it? No, just making yourself feel better in the moment. Yeah. Now, if I look at you and I go, okay, well, what do you want to do about it? What other job would you like to do? What could you do to help show him this is how you feel about him and make this better. What do you want to do, right? 
what would make you happier? What is the solution to fix this, right? Instead of why, it's got to go to what and get focused more time. Like you, you, you can spend 1% on stating the problem and 99% on, on the solution, but, but nobody wants to get there because once you face that problem, I stop you dead in your tracks when I, when I put the what question in. And it, and then it puts it on your shoulders. Yeah. Force awareness and responsibility. Responsibility. Yeah. And responsibility is difficult. Hence why it didn't work out, you know? Yeah. But it's much easier than lacking it. Like, let, let, like let's talk about this, right? Like, so, so, um, let's talk about somebody on here. Like, give me an example of what somebody here might say about their working out. Like, I'm like, you know, working out's going to help your whole life. And then that, what's their excuse going to be? Well, I'm going to have to spend, you know, four hours a week at the gym and I, I don't have four hours to, to give to the gym right now. Well, what, what other, what other, what else are you doing with your, those four hours? Well, I'm, uh, I'm working, yeah. I'm spending time with my family. You know, I, I don't, I don't really have time for, for the four hours to go to the gym. What time are you going to bed? Going to bed at around 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. What are you doing between uh, nine and 11? Uh, that's helping you get better. Scrolling on my phone. Yeah. So you see, you could go to bed at nine and you could get up at two hours earlier and you would have that two hours to go to the gym. Right. But when you start looking at that, what and diagnosing what, 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 oh, I can't fall asleep at, at, at nine o'clock. Well, you can, if you get up at, at four o'clock and you don't, I guarantee you'll go to sleep. Right. And don't take a nap. I guarantee you will go to sleep earlier if you wake up earlier and you do it for three or four days. Yeah. I, I think also a difficult thing for me when starting new things in the past was that I didn't realize that the first three weeks of doing it would suck. And then after that, it would just become the new normal. Yeah. And it was like, really what you're trying to overcome is just those first three weeks where your body's getting acclimated to that new thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does suck. And, and, and usually the first three weeks though are, are really off of motivation, the motivation off of that decision that you made. And then you fall into it three weeks and then it's like, well, I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to have a cheat day here. We're like, you know, my, you know, my thought behind why do I still get up early on Saturdays and Sundays is because if I don't, if I sleep in on Sunday, it makes it that much harder to get up earlier on Monday. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like consistency, right? That's the thing about human beings is we all need structure and consistency. We all do better than that. We all do. We all do. A hundred percent. So the other structures and consistencies in your life, mm-hmm. you talked about reading 10 pages, waking up at 427, working out every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you spend a lot of time with your family as well, based on how much you spoke about your daughters. I do. I do. I mean, I've got my fiance, my, my, my daughters, um, my friends, but, but I'll tell you this, like, I don't romanticize. Like I, I, this is the other thing is, is people just spend time. Like they justify, let's just sit in the same room. Like, I spend intentional time with them. I don't just go spend time with them, right? Like I eat dinner with them every night that I can. Every time I walk in, I hug them. I'm not just sitting on the couch watching a movie. Because why? It's interesting how watching a movie is your attention is focused outward on something else. Yep. And nothing wrong with watching movies. But when you're 
sitting at dinner or you're talking to someone, your attention and attention is focused at the person, yeah. which makes a huge difference in how someone feels. Yeah, I, to me, my time with my family is quality, not quantity. Because there's also a big thing for my daughters. Like, do, do I wish I could just spend every day with them? A hundred percent. But I don't because they need to see an example of what a man looks like. You know, I'll be the longest person, the longest man that my daughters will date. 18 years. And if they, when they start choosing their husband, if they choose a shitty man, it's because I gave them a shitty example of what to look up to. And so, you know, part of that time is not me just being at home and making sure that I'm the one giving them a bath. That doesn't make a difference in their life. What makes a difference is, is that I'm spending that intentional time with them, that they know that I love them, that they know that, that I'm working hard and they know what I'm doing. Right. Like, and, 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 you know, that's, that's to me what, what I do with them. Why do you, why do so many, uh, people from the military, uh, get divorced? Why is that so common? Do you think? I mean, I think it's just common all over, but right. Like, I, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, I just think that, I mean, look, I mean, while they're in the military, I mean, it's because of the lifestyle, right? I mean, they're always gone, you know, um, it, it's hard. I mean, I couldn't have imagined having a family and serving. I mean, looking back on it, I'm like, oh my gosh, right? Um, because the military requires a lot of you, right? But, but serving our country is a family business and, um, you know, the the one the most resilient piece of our military is our military families, and I, you know I I just think that like man it, it's it's a hard thing to balance being in the military and being you know a spouse. Mm. Yeah, Jocko talks about all the time with Navy SEALs like ninety percent or something like that. Yeah, get divorced, and it's it's so interesting to me that the the people who have we look at as peak performance humans to help protect us aren't protecting their own marriage in some sense or haven't been given the skills or don't don't know and i was just curious yeah i mean i i don't think it's about the skills i just think that it's about you know our service members that serve they are strong and resilient Mm -hmm. our military families are even more resilient i mean the unknown i mean i couldn't imagine being on that end of it like and serving our country is a family business, but it's the same. It's the same for firefighters, for first responders, for EMS. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's the same, you know, it's the same. How do you look at your role and responsibility of people looking up to you now? Because I listened to one phone call that someone had and they're like, we know all about you in the Marines and we talk yeah. about you and all this stuff. And I think it's so beautiful that your legacy gets lived on in that way. Well, what is what does that role mean to you today? I mean, yeah, obviously it's an honor. Um, but again, like, man, I, I never think about that. Like, I just, I mean, I get on a fire truck and and I get up every day and I'm a dad and I'm a, a fiance. And to me, like, it, it just gives me even more of a reason of why I have to be an example that just because you do one thing that's 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 good you're not done. You know, there is no, there is no end in this race, right? There, like, 
it there, there is no the day you stop getting after it is the day that you're you're done right and and like there is no end you know all these people who are out there who and this is going to be the, like the cider for your podcast right like if getting to a hundred 200 300 right whatever it is if it's amount of followers or if it's amount an amount of episodes or or whatever it is or episodes a week um if that's your measurables then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come to an end to this right and and to me i just want to change the world and make it a better place and there is no end to that right and that's my that's that's what i live life on so like i I loved it, you know, when I had Marines come up to me and, and this and that. And, um, but I'll be honest with you, like, that was just one, that was four years of my life. Um, man, I, I still got a long ways to go and, and, and a lot of shit to do. And I still owe a lot of people a lot of help. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I still have an obligation to, I think the more you've gone through in life, the more of an obligation you have to get through it and to bring others through it. And I think that's why people are dealt what they're dealt, right? Like these obstacles to, to be able to unlock these keys within you and to learn, to be able to help others get through it and to be able to empathize with people on that level and connect with them on that level. You know, do you have a feeling right now of like, there are people that I need to pay back in some way? Man, I I owe everybody, right? Like I, um, I mean, I walk around and like anybody that I can help, I owe them to help them. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I, there's people who died so that I could be here. Um, there's people who died so that we could all be here. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, man, like I, I took an oath to, 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 to go out and help people. And I, and I still take those oaths and I take those serious. And, and, uh, I mean, I, I just think that I mean, I'll, I'll live my my existence always owing to help other people, right? Like, um, people have helped me. People have been there for me. And not now it's it's my part to try to be there for others. It's really remarkable when you sit back and you realize, like, people have died for you mm-hmm. and for you to be in this moment. And it's true for every American, yeah. you know? And, and I've never really thought about that but it makes you take your life a lot more seriously mm-hmm. if you know what people have suffered to help get you to this point that you've never known. And that you have known, I'm sure, makes it a lot clearer for you to understand. But it's it really puts in perspective the value of your own life. Yeah, man. I mean, but I mean, but like, go all the way back to 1776. Mm. I mean, people died so we could be free. I mean, go all the way back to, you know, every time you get on an airplane, like, like people set out to, to build that, right? I mean, to, to have technology, to electricity. I mean, at some point, like a lot of people gave up a lot so that we could have the lives that we have today. And, you know, it's our job to, to move the needle a little bit further, right? I mean, it's our job to connect with people a little bit more, to make the world a little bit better, right? To to do our part on, on making the world better. And the only way we make the world better is by making the people better. Right. It's like when people say, 
oh, you know, the United States of America is going to shit. Well, like, the United States of America is just a name. Like, it's made up of we the people. And when we the people suck, then, yeah, the United States of America is going to suck. So we should start fixing our own households. And we should start by fixing ourselves. Right? And, and you know, that's that's kind of my thing. And, like, man, like, you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I watched. You know, when I used to run around and I used to... I'll tell you, like, the biggest... um the probably the, the most atrocious thing that I've ever done in my life was whenever I used to walk around and I would justify not living a life worthy of the sacrifices of my teammates by justifying it by the sacrifices of my teammates. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that like, man, when I used to run around and I was a drunk alcoholic and I was an asshole and I was being a piece of shit and I was fat and I wasn't doing anything good to help anybody and complaining and being the victim and I was blaming it on PTSD from war I was like my teammates died so that I could live the best life I could they gave up their tomorrows they gave up their todays for my tomorrows and whenever I used to justify that off of their them dying like, I was doing nothing but disgracing the sacrifices they made, right? Like, we should all get up and go live a life worthy of the sacrifices that, that not only, you know, my teammates made, but that everybody's teammates made, right? That everybody who has spilled blood on behalf of this country has made. And, you know, we still have people doing it every day. We still have cops doing it, firefighters, first responders, EMS out there doing it every single day. The reason why... I admire you so much is because you made that realization and you lived a life that you weren't proud of and you were willing to look it in the face and say, I can be better Yeah, and I'm going to help people. And that's not something that everyone will do throughout their life. They will, a lot of people might use the excuses or complaints or reasons why they can't or justify the things and they might be right. Yeah. But the fact that you were able to look at yourself and say, no, oh, I'm, I'm better than this. And it, that's a remarkable thing. And that is worth celebrating. That's worth looking at. And that's worth asking questions about. And so because of all that, I'm, I'm so grateful that you stopped by here today. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. Yeah, you man. took the time. This is awesome. I like to end these podcasts with a challenge for people. Oh, yeah. You listen to the podcast. I asked the guest for a challenge. You listen to it for however long we were talking. And hopefully you take it and do something with it in yeah. your actual day-to-day life. Yeah. Does a challenge come to mind? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I um, yeah, I mean, my, my challenge to you would be is, is to, before you go to bed every night, like, write down the things you want to accomplish tomorrow, right? And that's your roadmap, the non-negotiables, right? I, um, I, that, and, and I tell you, like, get as close to eight hours of sleep as you can, whether you got to go to bed at, at, at eight o'clock, um, and get up at, at whatever time, right? Like, like get seven to eight hours of sleep, cut your caffeine back. And, and instead of just eating healthy, like just start cutting out the shit that is not good for you. Right. And, 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 you know, I'll tell you and start, start working out, start moving an hour a day, start 45 minutes. I don't care if you just got to walk, just start like just my challenge to you is to just start and try it for 30 days and watch what happens. I love that. I, I got to ask though about the caffeine. That's a piece that you harped on with the phone call. And that's a piece you just mentioned again. 
what is it about caffeine consumption? Do you consume caffeine at all? What What's your thing? I mean, I, I, I consume some caffeine, right? Um, you know, Jocko Fuel has the cleanest energy on the face of the planet, right? Like, you know, of course, Jocko makes it and, and uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's 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 to fight against all this nasty shit right and um so you know i mean i I drink jocko fuel um dak savage obviously is what i like the most black cherry vanilla but um but what i but what i tell you is is like it's just a bad caffeine like most people are consuming six to nine hundred milligrams caffeine a day right if you're drinking three monsters two to three monsters a day and you're drinking them past three o'clock well no shit Right. No shit. So, um, you know, just, just really being conscious about what you're eating and all that. And so I just say caffeine because caffeine is going to cause you anxiety, right? It, it's a, it's a, it's a bad, it's a bad, um, aspect to where you drink it and then you start feeling the crashes, right. And, or you can't get to sleep, right. And then when you can't get to sleep and you still got to get up, then you're tired and guess what you got to take, right. It's just a really, really slippery slope. Yeah. It's cool. You mentioned that in the world that it's a drug that so many of us just accept as normal. Mm. And it's really an interesting thing that you harp on it right away. And it, it is a drug. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's when we we're like, this is the normal part of society. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with doing it a little bit in the morning, help work. No. But like at a certain point, and if it's a certain amount, like you got to check yourself. So 100%. thank you so much for spending the time. Anywhere we should send people to connect with you further. Yeah, man. Come over, check out my Your Human podcast. You mentioned it a couple of times. Uh, you know, I love it. It's a call-in show. And the reason that I do the Your Human podcast and it's a call-in show, it's not vetted. Um, the reason I do it is because so many times on these podcasts, they become echo chambers, right? They're easy to get on and talk, you know, like it's it's not live. There's no challenging your ideas and things like that. So it becomes echo chambers. And I, I, I wanted a podcast to where any ideas or anything like that, you can call and challenge them, right? Like I'd love to talk about it. I love to get better. I love people who want to challenge ideas and who want to just, you know, make, let's leave the call better than, than we found it. And majority of the time I find out that when people call in, we're closer to agreeing than we were disagreeing. Right. And, um, so your human podcast, go to Dakota Myers, 0317 on Instagram. And then, um, also on YouTube, right? So YouTube, uh, Dakota Meyer, uh, we just got the new firefighter challenge series out. So we got episode one, two, and three getting ready to release four, and then we'll have five coming. So really excited about that. Follow the journey. It's uh, it's really an incredible thing. Awesome. All linked below. Yep. Thank you so Thanks. much. I appreciate you.